episode 124 on the Duamarill podcast. We're almost there, 125. You guys have been rocking with me for about two years now. I really appreciate it. I have a special guest this week, my guy Avery Davis, uh, who's right now at John Hopkins University pursuing his PhD. Avery, thank you so much, bro, for taking the time out, out of your day to come on. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. It's, it's pure joy and it's a pleasure to catch up. And Absolutely. Hopefully... Man, a lot of people are not going to believe, but you are from Gary, Indiana. Like, like tell the people <laughs> your background, how we cross paths and, you know, where are you at in your journey today? Indeed. No, I, indeed. Born and raised Gary, Indiana. Um, I think we crossed paths through basketball. Um, yes. You, of course, were playing. I, I, I was a scrub, so I didn't play, but I was a photographer. And that was sort of like my first hustle and sort of took photos in, from Baylor youth right. and to Bowman and kept going. And that kind of got me on thinking, oh, I can make, you know, business Revenue. and you can meet people and that was the first skyrocket and then did that in college and been spending the rest of my life in higher ed for yeah. sure man talk about your journey in higher ed and how you know that's been a uh, central part in your life to where you are today yeah i and it's it's so interesting because i went into my undergrad um just thinking like I'll do this photography thing on the side, maybe turn that into a business. And then I started to think about all the different things higher ed can do for people when they take advantage of, because I was like, I didn't take classes seriously. I mean, I did great grades and stuff, but then once I started actually interacting with professors and having conversations with them about research, I got right. really interested in how that sort of moves public policy forward. And that's how you can make a real change. And that's all, housed within higher ed and trying to get that out into the world has sort of been one of my favorite parts of the journey. No question, man. You used to take photos for me, for those that's, that's listening in. And Indeed. I, I wanted to give you your flowers because, man, like, I'm a photographer now. You know, I have, I have Duamaro Media. They, a lot of people know it by DM Media. And I do a lot of filmmaking. And, like, I admire that. Because looking back, it was like you was always walking around with the camera, had it tied around your neck, man, and, and giving us content before content was a thing. How, how do you reflect now, bro, like knowing that a lot of people are in this digital creating space and you've been doing that since day one? Yeah, that, that is, that's, that's so funny um, because, yeah, I didn't think anything of it. It was just like my third arm. That's what the joke people yeah. would make. And, you know, I just really wanted to be at the games because I did love basketball, even though I wasn't good that's, at it. And sure. I... My, my and just started out and like oh this is the way I can tag along with the team I can see different schools I can you know get to travel a little bit and right. then people started saying hey I'll give you some money if you give me those photos and I was like okay right. that's cool and then people were like well you know what if we put them online more people can see it and more people can buy it and so we started posting them on Facebook and uh, and then it helped that the team was successful, uh, particularly at Bowman, you know, going to state multiple times. Right. And you was there. That, you, yeah. you, li you lived the dream yeah. that that a lot of people wish they had that experience. You know, as we reflect, I mean, what's 2021? It was like 11 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm a person that, that never lives in the past. I kind of don't mention that I won state or, you know, go back that far. But 
with this conversation, I, I want to bring it up because I appreciate everything you've done for us, providing content, making sure we were seen. Like if anybody goes on my Facebook photos, all the photos are by you. And I appreciate it because those are photos that I look back and reminisce like, like, damn, time flies. Avery, it, it, it does. And you was brought up in a basketball community. It, it does indeed. And I, I couldn't, it taught me so much, like beyond just being a hustle and making money, but we we're also storytelling, like this right. wonderful group of gentlemen from Gary, Indiana were making an impact on the court and they were also doing great things in the classroom. And they were also acting as role models when they go back into the community. And I think that's sort of, it's like a, it's photojournalism and it's a piece of history really. Um, but it's important to show people where we came from. And I didn't know what these things would mean yeah. at that time. I was just kind of like, this is fun. But yeah, it, it's crazy, <laughs> man. Like I said, I wanted to give you your, your flowers, man, because you meant so much to the team. You was an integral part of the team, of our success, because you captured that moment, that journey. All my photos that I have of Marvin, 90% is because of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I realized that I didn't have many photos of Marvin. How, like, where were you or what was your reaction when you knew like Marvin passed away? Yeah, that, that was, you know, real tough. We actually share the same birthday, November 11th. And okay. it's, it's I'm actually getting a little chills thinking about it because he was one of the, cause that's the person I had to go to to get the permissions. He had the Absolutely. influence to do it and he was open for it. He was like, just don't, mess up my locker room and <laughs> you'll yeah. come along. And I, I respected that ground and he gave me access. Um, and that was just like unbelievable how open he was to that because no one was doing that. And there was no reason right. for him to let some high school kid come along, but he right. was, he was so, so open to that. And I think that helped a lot. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Now, just to speed our, our, our listeners up, you, you graduated from Bowman. We graduated same class, right? 2012. Yep. 2012. Um, where did you go to school once you graduated from Bowman? Yeah. So I went to Valparaiso University and I was studying music and Chinese. Um, and after I left Valpo, I went to New York um, and got a job as an executive assistant to a college president in Westchester nice. County. And then I had never had a job like that, but he, again, he, he just saw me, actually saw me taking photos on campus at Valpo and said, I like the way this person carries themselves. And we talked a few and we became a good fit and he promoted me to the director of president's office. So I functioned as his chief of staff and got my master's in New York city. And now I'm in Baltimore working uh, on my PhD. So just, just from taking photos. That's where it started. I, that's, that's where it started. I mean, I don't get to do it as much anymore, but right. I, I, that certainly launched, the, that was the catalyst. Right place at the right time. I, I want you to talk about like, it, it doesn't matter where you're from. And, and I, I use that because people just care about productivity. Are yeah. you a team player? Are you teachable? Are you fun to be around? Like how much does that, that plays a part in things that I just named and they don't, it don't really matter where you're from. It absolutely does not matter where you're from. And that's one of my saying, I, I, I say, it doesn't matter where you're from, it's where you're going. And the other rule I like to follow is like, you're always interviewing whether you know it or not. Um, so like if I'm walk, cause I didn't know the college president 
but he saw me. And right. that people see character just by walking around the street or being friendly. And then if your name pops up or then I meet you in person in a formal place, then it's like, oh, I already have that in my mind that this person was respectful or this person took themselves seriously um, in a positive manner. I think that's sort of part of the whole building that you're even in the moment you're thinking about the future. And so that's kind of how I've been navigating that part about it. How, how much has relationships played a big part in your path to success? Yeah. Relationships matter. I mean, they, they, you can learn lessons from relationships that fail. Um, and I've, I've had relationships fail and I've also had many succeed and having that deeper connection with someone in a sense that yes, we're both serving a functional purpose to do whatever, let's just say a job, but we're also working with each other to think about, okay, 10 years from now, what do I need to learn from you? And what do you, what can you learn from me? Cause we can all learn from each other Absolutely. to help each other as friends in a certain sense um, and carry that professional relationship moving forward because in 20 years from now, that person might be leading a company and you may be running another organization and then you can collaborate on a different level that you didn't even think of because uh, we, we don't know what exists yet. Right. right? So, right, right. No, ab- absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that Avery. And like for the listeners, what got you, and I want to know this too, of course, what got you into wanting to learn Chinese and how long did it take you? Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a good, that's a good question too. I started in high school because I was tired of Spanish, um, loved the Spanish teachers, but didn't yeah. like the language. Um, you went so to Banneker? Much. You went to Banneker with me, didn't you? I went to Ambassador what? Academy, um, oh. but my brother, my older brother went to Banneker. Okay, so I was going to mention Miss yeah. Laurel for, yeah. for the, the local P. Miss Laurel <laughs> was, was a Chinese teacher at Banneker. Uh, yeah, so I studied it because I, it was the language of the future. That's where the facts and the sort of the population was headed. And so I was like, well, I'm going to be in business. I better learn how to speak language. A billion people on the planet know how. So, right. And then I studied it for four years in college and a year in high school. And then by the time I left college, I was pretty fluent. Um, less so now because I haven't spoken it as much, but right. it was, it was a lot of work, but it was fun. I enjoyed it very much. That's, yeah. that's, that's awesome. And know, like, when did you know what your major was going to be? Like, did you know that junior year in high school, senior year, like, like who helped you, you know, pick yeah. your majors? That's an, that's another good question. I was on the fence between like doing business or even majoring in photography. Uh-huh. Um, I also looked into studying music education or some other form of teacher education. And then when I got accepted to Valpo, I knew about the Chinese language programs and the professors there um, because they actually came to Bowman a couple of times to help us um, get that Chinese program started. And again, relationships, right? Uh, right? That professor introduced me to a scholarship and I was like, well, if I'm gonna get a scholarship, there's my answer. And paying for education is expensive. So that helped me pave the way. Um, and I majored in Chinese as a result of that. That's awesome, bro. I didn't even know they came to Bowman. We probably had a lot of career networking events at Bowman that I probably just never paid attention to because I was just so into basketball. Basketball was, you know, eat, sleep, drink basketball. 
you know. So that's that's amazing, bro. And talk about I have it written down. You was the former brand ambassador at Disney Dreamers. What who influenced you to be a part of Disney and how was that experience? Yeah, my my parents get credit for that, particularly my mother, um, okay. who always loved Disney. I, even when her grandmother took her to Disneyland as a child, and I've learned to enjoy the business side of it. And I picked that program because one, I was a participant in high school and I think the 10th grade. And what it does is to bring high school students from around the country to Disney World and teaches them how to pursue their dreams and how to network and how to build relationships and how to find their craft and refine their craft. And so I did that as an internship in college and loved working there for a year. Um, got to meet a lot of different people, got to see a lot of different sides to the Disney brand. Um, and that was, that was a life-changing experience as well. I've never sure. been to Disney World. How is it? I just know it's expensive. It, it is expensive. <laughs> it is expensive. <laughs> um, but it is also worth every penny. I'm... Uh, I haven't been in a while, but I, it's yeah. a vacation destination yeah. for many. Now, now, where did you get your master's at? You got it at Valpo also? No, I got my master's in New York City at the Graduate Center, uh, City University of New York. That's so it's in awesome. the middle of Manhattan. How did you navigate New York? Was, did you, was you a culture shock? Like, how long did it take you to get acclimated to this enormous city? Yeah, so the first, like, few months... New York was great because it has everything to offer, but it was also kind of tough because I didn't know anyone. And right. so that was like, I had to like grow really, really quickly to figure that out. Um, but it was good because also New York is a very, we're all here, we're just trying to work. And right. I love the grind and I love people who just put in effort. I mean, Absolutely. everybody's taking the subway. Like you, you hear the joke about the great equalizer you got. Wall Street people taking subway, artists taking subway, students taking subway, and they're all just trying to get to work. And that kind of just shifted my whole thinking about just putting in effort. And that's that's awesome. Like, I remember taking the subway when I attended DePaul University for about two and a half years, taking the red line to the brown line. I just knew stay away from the green line once it goes to a certain <laughs> neighborhood. So putting all put things in perspective how convenient it was to take the L now at first I was like just used to I just wanted to stay in my comfort zone like did you get did you have to get acclimated fast to like start navigating on your own and not rely on someone taking you here or driving somewhere here yeah yeah and that's for sure um I I had to do that because you know I still got to go to work on Monday right and absolutely my class is going to start whether I'm there or not how far um, was the commute so I lived in the neighborhood near my job so it was like a five minute walk but oh, to go to sweet. school it was an hour commute door to door um so my master's program I had to get there and I just you know after you look it up a couple times and you kind of get in the rhythm the rest kind of just falls into place yep now now what was your your school options coming out of Bowman like what options did you have besides Valpo yeah, I had, I applied to a, quite a few places, but I, my two finals was between Valpo and Purdue University, West Lafayette. And I leaned to Valpo because of the Chinese program relationships, had a little bit of better scholarship. And it's um, close. Yeah, yeah, it was also yeah. close, yeah. 
45 minutes tops at the most. You, you can't you can't beat that now. And who influenced you now for the listeners? Because like I said, you're doing a hell of a job working on your PhD. Like who influenced you to want to pursue that? Yeah, I think it was the college president I worked for um, right out of undergrad um, because he has a PhD. John Nunes is his name. Shout out. And he yeah. <laughs> he 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 sort of mentored me in this way about academia that I really enjoyed and at seeing him flourish in that and learn a lot helped me decide that's how I want to spend the rest of my life as well. All my mentors has their PhD in higher ed. There you go. And, and I, yeah, I when I finished from. DePaul, I went to Chipola College in Florida, learned a ton, very small town, but I knew I wanted to get back to Division I. Uh, I went to Moorhead State in Eastern Rural, Kentucky. Um, and being in that space, you know, the, the brothers there, you know, the ones that was minorities, you know, kind of looked after one another because, you know, we're in Eastern Rural, Kentucky. And my mentors who I came across going to these network events, the, the meet and greets, uh, Mean the new guys on campus, which was us. One one of my mentors' name is Dr. Rob Sparks, and his area code was two one nine, and he was from Gary. That's how I knew like God led me here for a reason. And then the, another guy, he was he's from Mississippi. He's at uh, Kentucky State now, and he, his name is Dr. Uh, Charles Holloway. So it's just ironic that all of my mentors and the village that I assert myself with all have their PhDs in higher ed. And I want to go back to school very soon and earn my MBA. Because I yeah. think when people say like, I get it, school isn't for everyone. But I, I, I believe that education is important. The, the higher you learn and the people you come across will help you develop more opportunities, especially when you're from an urban community like you and I. Absolutely. And you, you said it, education isn't for everyone, but learning, I think, is. I mean, and yes. you can learn by on-the-job training and visiting other businesses that are like yours. And I sure. we also we all learn from life experience, for sure. So what, what are some of the obstacles and, and the challenges that, that you face, you know, in your journey right now? Yeah, I, I think the obstacle right now is this is this is since it's at the PhD level, it's also the toughest sort of coursework balancing with research priorities and time that I have to spend. So that's the biggest challenge is, is making sure that I'm well read and prepared for each semester here. Um, and balancing just the academic piece alone is quite the task. It's one I'm excited about because, yeah. you know, if, if it's not a challenge, it's not worth it. For, for the listeners that, you know, have no idea on pursuing their PhD, but they always had questions. Is it hard? Like how much time do you put in for studying each day right now? Oh, I, I mean, easily 10 hours of work. Um, and, you know, that's, and I probably spend less on the weekends. To, to for sure, to unplug. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but during the weekdays, it's a solid 10 hours of reading, writing, editing, coding, looking at other models and statistics and stuff to really wrap my brain around. 
Right on. Now, now, now who's last segment? Who are some of the people that influence you, Avery, to keep going that you look forward to for inspiration? Yeah, uh, currently my advisor, um, Steve Morgan, who I work closely with, um, certainly inspires me. He has a whole research career that is very inspirational um, and has impacted change. Um, I still look to John Nunez, who was my previous supervisor. Um, I, and my parents, I mean, those are the people who got me started, right? They, they bought me my first camera and they- Shout out to Mr. Davis. That's my (laughs) guy. Yeah, yep, indeed. Remember he had the Rockets, the the Rockets? Yep, indeed, Biddy Basketball. Yes, exactly. Park Biddy. I'm pretty sure that was the last time I played formal basketball. I wrote the bench on my father's team, so that that was a sign. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I remember you, you used to come and train uh, with Coach Welch at Banneker. Yeah. Yeah. Like Coach yeah. Welch was training yeah. before training is a thing. Absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, he was the epitome of what a basketball trainer is at what, like 55, 60. I really, rest in peace, Coach Ballard. But if you, for, the, for the listeners that, that knows Coach Welch, you know, how much of an influence was he to you back then? Yeah, and I was on his team at seven, eight age group. And, the Jaguars. Yep, that's right. Indeed. Yeah. I, I wore number two because uh, Derek Fisher wow. was big then. <laughs> yeah, D Fisher knocking down a big shot. Yeah. yeah. And but he was he 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 cared like he cared about every single player on his team. And at the time I, you know, I just went to practice and was having fun. And but I didn't realize that like you know, even down to how you take the layup and hitting the right corner of the square. Like it it was like so many details that he paid attention to. And then I even think about it now, like when I'm writing, like detail oriented is a particular characteristic that I use somewhere else, but it's still applied here. Um, And having Coach Welch was great. Yeah. Man, I, and I and I appreciate you sharing that because I want to give Coach Welch his flowers too. I don't talk to him as much as I should just because just doing a lot of different stuff. But I got to take time to give him a call and say what's up and and let him know how much I appreciate him. I'm gonna actually shoot him this this episode. Hopefully, he takes time out to listen to it. Uh, but Avery, I appreciate you, bro. I wanted to give you your flowers also because you're doing a, a wonderful thing and you are inspiring me to pursue my education. That's why I wanted to get you on for episode 124. So thank you so much, bro. Oh, thank you for having me. I was honored. It was great to catch up. Great to chat. Great work doing here. Thank you.